Welcome to the Christian Student Guide, a podcast where we talk faith and the university experience, exploring the importance of creating community, seeking justice and celebrating diversity. My name is Rob and I will be your host for today as we talk about the importance of celebrating diversity. And this podcast is brought to you by the Student Christian Movement, a movement of students putting their faith into action by showing the love of God on campus, in our communities and in the world. Today we are talking with Vice Convener of the General Council, Research Fellow at the University of Sussex and all-round human ball of excellence, Dr. Phelan Lewis. Welcome, Phelan. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I appreciate that. Um, it's really good to see your call of, uh, in and around for general council and for uh, councillor reference. So you've got a sort of busy weekend in a couple of days. Yeah. But we thought we'd squeeze out some time for you to come and <laughs> chat with us um, about a topic that you're really interested in mm. and you're really passionate about, which is Black History Month. Um, which is convenient because it's October, which is Black very, History Month. Very convenient. We planned that. <laughs> we did. Look at this. Organisation <laughs> is is very top of the list. So, yeah, we're very much appreciated, uh, appreciative of you coming in. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Black History Month, uh, what we can be doing as SEM, what we can be doing as groups. We're talking black activism and just really getting stuck into the topic, uh, which I'm really excited for. Um, so we'll have a really good time. But first of all, a lot of people out there might not know who you are. And so we thought we'll do a little bit of an introduction. So if you wouldn't mind, would you give us sort of a little bit of an introduction about who you are and your sort of Christian background and, and that? Because people might have picked up that you have a slightly different accent to uh, mine. So just a little bit of a history of, um, of, of Dr. Phelan Lewis. Okay. Um, well, yeah, first of all, it's, um, I'm really pleased to be able to do this. And thank you so much for wanting to take the time out to talk about black history. Um, and it is indeed a topic that I really do care a lot about. Um, but to tell you about myself, that is true. My accent is not uh, English or British, uh, but I'm from the United States. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I suppose my church background, um, well, I was a part of what's called Kojic or the Church of God in Christ, uh, which is the nation's largest historically black uh, Pentecostal um, church denomination. And um, I come from a really long line of pastors and ministers and evangelists and singers. And uh, it's kind of like our family trade. I think there's there's a mm. pastor for like every city my family's in. Uh, so, yeah, so I've always just been really involved in the church um, because that's just been a part of um, what our family um, does and is and does. And um, I suppose now that I live in England, I came over uh, five years ago to do my Ph.D., I started off at the University of Nottingham and then moved to Birmingham with my supervisor. And then I now work at the University of Sussex as a research fellow. So five years now and counting in the UK. Um, and I came over to do research. Um, I do research with um, adolescent young carers and mental health. And my church involvement uh, since I've been in the UK, um, I've gone to a perhaps low charismatic uh, Pentecostal churches, um, non-denominational. And now I go to a low, uh, possibly evangelical, but I would say charismatic, uh, Anglican church, a quite large right. Anglican church in Brighton as well. So I guess relatively diverse, um, but definitely probably in the low spectrum um, throughout sure. my church experience. But yeah. yeah. Wow. What, yeah. A, what a history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you for coming in. But this is it's a real pleasure to have you. And thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, that sounds like a real 
diverse mix and mm. you know how did you end up coming into SEM like what brought you into these and what appealed to you about SEM and I mean you're the, you're the vice convener so you sort of must enjoy it some bit <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. what, what brought you to SEM's door? Yeah, well, I really enjoy uh, the social justice aspect of SEM. Um, I think that's something that's always really been uh, really close to my heart. And um, I've always been seeking ways that I could get more involved. And um, shout out to uh, a previous SEM staff member, Elizabeth Gowan, uh, and one of my really good friends um, who suggested that I should think about being a part of GC uh, last year. And I took her up on that suggestion. And I'm so glad that I did because um, it's been uh, really great, I think, seeing the behind the wor- behind the scenes part of our organization, um, mm. really seeing all the really intense and dedicated work, um, not just from like the fellow trustees, but from the staff members, uh, student engagement. And yeah, it's just been a really phenomenal experience that I really enjoyed it. And yeah, but yeah, I definitely think the social justice aspect of it um, is some- something that I think really mirrors um, something that's important to me. Um, and then also... Uh, being able to actually actively work on that in my own life it's mm. been really good I don't know where you find time for it all to be honest but <laughs> I don't either but I <laughs> enjoy do. it so yeah <laughs> it makes it okay I guess <laughs> wicked okay so if you wouldn't mind obviously we're gonna introduce the topic of black history so it well, black history month specifically so um could you give us a little bit about uh, black history month and maybe what it means to you specifically okay uh, so Black History Month historically um, started off in 1969 by uh, Carter uh, G. Woodson. He was a historian in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of um, born out of the civil rights movement and black power movement going on at the time in the U.S. And in the U.K., um, it was started in 1987, the year of my birth. <laughs> Yay! exciting um easy for me to remember as well um and that was uh instituted in the uk uh, really to just um highlight the contributions of black mm. britons across the country uh bring awareness to it and then i think also um at the time in the late 1980s in the uk there would have been uh, race riots going on okay. so um i think the creation of black christian month in the uk was really uh, born out of one wanting to build awareness um, but also to uh, wanting to have like actual change and how they could implement that as mm. a result of what was going on culturally mm. at the time. Uh, so do you know like where it came from in terms of who are these people that sort of started out? What was their reason for for doing it? Because you don't just suddenly go, I've started this thing and then it is a thing. <laughs> what was it, was there sort of a growing process? Um, oh, that's a really good question. I don't know if I know all of the uh, details to you, um, besides just what was going on, I think, culturally and why it was important um, sure. to, to have the month, um, particularly a dedicated month. Mm. Um, I know certainly that I think um, it's still contested, actually, uh, whether or not um, you should have a month devoted to a particular race or ethnicity. Sure. Um, but yeah, of course, we know that it's been really helpful to actually highlight um, mm. that um, Black Britons have been um, in, in the country for a very long time historically mm. they're they're not new not any presence in the country um it goes uh, way beyond Windrush or um yeah. you know um maybe the start of the nhs that people start to think about and they think about the presence and contribution of black people in britain mm. um but rather it's been around for centuries um but uh but yeah i suppose in terms of uh, i remember you asked me about what's important to me mm. um i think for myself um it's certainly recognizing um that uh, my own family has been a part of black history. Um, Thinking of, I have um, a number of great uncles who are part of the civil rights movement in the Mm -hmm. States. 
I pres- they were in the uh, Nashville sit-ins. Um, so wow. um, you, when you picture the image of um, black people in the States who might be sitting at uh, restaurant counters um, mm-hmm. and had maybe food thrown on top of them or uh, maybe um, they were maybe slapped around by um, other patrons. Um, mm-hmm. That was actually something that my family um, participated in back in the States. So I think recognizing that my own family has a tie to black history mm-hmm. um, is something that I think well, one of the reasons why it's important to me. Um, and I think also now that I'm in the UK, uh, one of the things that I really want to focus on for this month in particular is um, really learning more about Black Britons um, now that I'm here in my adopted home. Because um, yeah. I can tell you a lot about uh, Black people in the States, um, but perhaps maybe not as much. So I really recognize that as something that I really want to work on for my own self this month. Great. Amazing. Well, that's so good. I, it's, I, I for me personally, I really enjoy people talking passionate about topics that they're interested mm-hmm. in. So uh, I, it's great to hear you talk about this. And this is from mm-hmm. like an, an heritage as well. What heritage mm-hmm. is like your um, episode of Who Do You Think You Are, which is a program here in the UK, <laughs> would be wicked. And I think it would Aww. be really interesting. <laughs> so um, obviously, I'm sure you'll have some heroes of the sort of black history um, movement, I suppose. And mm. f- for you, who are those people? Yeah, I want you to to educate me. Who are these people that we should be looking at? And um, so when you asked me, you said uh, heroes or hero. Mm. Um, I have like three, so I hope these are okay. Trinity of heroes. It's <laughs> okay, very biblical. Okay. Um, so th- I remember the first person that I ever did a school report report on was Madam C.J. Walker. Um, she's based in the States. Um, she would have been in the mid 1800s. And she was the first um, self-made woman millionaire um, who's black in the U.S. And she actually, (laughs) it's really funny, I laugh because it's so important to to black women especially. Uh, She started um, a hair care business. So um, our hair, our hairs are, you know, crown and glory. So um, (laughs) she uh, started um, in her hair care business. It was um, different products in terms of, you know, creams and things, but also Mm. um, what's called a straightening comb. So being able to actually safely um, manipulate your hair and straighten it if you wanted to do so uh, with heat Um, and that's been a really important part of how black women um, choose to do their hair there's a variety of ways um, that they can wear their hair and so um, and perhaps in a vanity point of view it's so important (laughs) for us (laughs) in terms of our our beauty and looks but um, but yeah it was really fascinating to see um, this person um, had come uh, really from nothing um, but yet uh, was creative and and saw a market uh, for women and uh, yeah, design products. Uh, I think the next person for me, uh, perhaps maybe not so much about my personal beauty, uh, would be um, the professor and activist, um, Angela Davis. Mm. Uh, she's, um, again, from the States, um, and she's someone who was on the FBI's uh, most wanted list back wow. in the Black Power movement. Uh, she was a, a Black Panther, a, a communist at the time, um, and she's now a huge activist for prison reform. Mm. And um, yeah, just a really phenomenal uh, woman. Um, she's been somebody that I think, you know, historically, you know, decades ago was blacklisted and yeah. uh, was really seen as a terrorist. But actually now that we've changed, um, I suppose now that culture has kind of shifted more progressively, mm. really see her as like this iconic woman of, you know, uh, being quite radical mm. and all about women's rights and particularly black women. And yeah, so it's, I, yeah, I absolutely look up to her and really respect the way that she's um, self-sacrificed um, in a, so many ways um, mm. for women in the States. 
And third, so there's one more, <laughs> um, Serena Williams, actually. If I can put her in modern history, that's okay. Yeah, can I slide that in? Of course <laughs> that she can. Yeah, um, yeah, I just really enjoy um, her story as well. Like I yeah. grew up watching tennis um, mm. back home and um, seeing her and her sister play. And also, unfortunately, to see the uh, really racist attacks that mm. her and her sister um, endured throughout their uh, career and still endure to this day. Um, but yet to see her be someone of grace and confidence and even, dare I say, bravery, really, mm. um, to get out on the court and play her best game, uh, really, in a culture and a, I suppose, a sport um, that has not supported her. Nice. And in fact, in many ways, has been actively against her and her success. Um, mm. But uh, So I think for all those different reasons um, and different ways, um, those women, um, I really look up to them and respect um, and yeah, mm. in some ways, hope I can emulate in a very small way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, these people are like icons of history. Yeah, it, it's, it's recent history, really. Mm. And it wasn't that all that long ago where these people, as you say, were like mm. blacklisted as terrorists. I mean, to me, it's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, this is a big cultural shift within the last mm. sort of uh, 40, uh, 50 years, years, perhaps. Yeah, But it's just it's maddening to me <laughs> I, yeah, just yeah, I just don't understand it um and i think especially for for serena to to just be at the top of her game for so long like you watch her play mm. now and she's mm. still just incredible yeah yeah definitely yeah it, it blows me away just in terms of seeing like the battles that you've had to face in an individual mm. to get to where you are you you've just uh, you, there is something that is within her that just keeps driving her keeps pushing her to strive on for more and as for, i just find that really inspiring it's like goodness yeah. like what yeah. what there's, there's basically nothing that can it feels like there's nothing that can stop her that she's mm. going to keep pressing keep pushing yeah. like, i don't know what she'll do when she retires i'm sure that she'll <laughs> want to keep playing well into her 60s and 70s but yeah yeah that'd, that'd be great for tennis yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> absolutely but yeah i think she's an icon um and all these people, I think, mm. I, th I think, especially you, you we don't talk about them enough. Mm. Um, we, I think sometimes we use, we go, well, Martin Luther King, and then mm. that's the sort of only person that people know about. But these pioneers, mm. um, not just sort of um, black history specifically, but just for actually human rights mm -hmm. and for mm. human value and dignity. It's, yeah, this is, yeah, definitely. You know, you fight the fights for some people, but it, it yeah. has sort of knock-on effects for others as well. Mm, yeah, really so that's true. amazing. Like, thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so our next question for us is, uh, so we're talking about this from an SEM perspective. We're talking about, you know, as uh, SEM tends to be pretty white historically, and this is mm. something that we're trying to address, <laughs> we're trying to get better at. And so what we can we do as SEM, maybe as groups or individuals, uh, to recognize and celebrate um, Black History Month better. So this may be particular advice for groups that may be listening to this podcast and going, well, what little things can we do to celebrate history, Black History Month? Okay, brilliant. Uh, so I think I had mentioned um, earlier about my own personal um, just like learning curve I have about recognizing the contributions of Black Britons. Mm. Um, so I would also encourage SEM groups to um, educate, use this month to educate mm. um, themselves. Um, I think there's uh, a large uh, resource out there on the web on um, the history of uh, black British people. Um, so definitely um, look it up mm. and educate yourself. Um, I'll be doing the same. 
Um, I'd also encourage um, SEM groups and SEM members to uh, make sure that they attend at least one uh, Black History Month event in their local area. And if you do, I'd love to hear about it. Definitely post in the SEM Facebook group. Um, I'm actually really hoping to get together a long list of uh, Black History Month events that are going on between churches and communities um, throughout the month. So if you have them, send them my way. Um, But yeah, I'd really encourage um, SE members to actually go to events um, and actually um, not just go, but then stay um, Mm. afterwards, have a chat with someone that's there. um, And in that chat, um, listen for their reflections, um, hear about uh, what they thought from from the event. Um, Use that as a way um, not just to... Um, have you know have a friendly chat meet perhaps hoping to meet a new friend um, but then also to really learn because um, I think there's I think the beauty in Black History Month is that um, the learning is uh, non-stop actually mm. uh, it, it can start uh, and it can be you know jump-started in, in October um, but actually really it's something that we should take on um, throughout the year um, particularly yeah. when you want to think about treasuring and valuing um, the presence and the um, struggles and accomplishments of black individuals in the UK. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so definitely um, educate yourself, definitely attend events um, and then have conversations with your white peers about what you've uh, read and what you've attended. Um, mm. Because, um, you know, I think it's really easy to um, process things within yourself. Um, and I think have personal reflection time, but then actually to be able to take that next step and share it with somebody else. Um, that's really what I would encourage um, mm. other individuals to do um, because uh, it might seem quite minor, but I think actually the more you do it and, you know, if each person does that, um, mm. it can really create a ripple effect and yeah. can actually um, create change and at least some conversations yeah. um, for the month and then continue on the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And hopefully get snowball and, yeah. and keep growing and keep growing. I've never yeah. thought of that. That's so such an important, like, yeah, like attending an event is seemingly quite a small like a small thing to do but actually what you're doing is ascribing worth to people yeah. i mean it's all very well if you we think as people like oh yeah i'm not racist or you know mm. i'm i'm quite happy with people being around um but what are you doing to actively mm-hmm. stand up for people are you are you are you finding out more about these things and i think that's a really good bit of advice mm. so there we go everyone see if you can track some local events down and um i suppose if you're in a church encourage your church to look at sort of running something and perhaps not this year might be a bit sort of close to call to look at doing it in two weeks but maybe next year year. yeah like (laughs) 2020 it's black history month you know we have a whole month to sort of look at doing something (laughs) still early yeah and 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 actually look at sort of giving um black and ethnic minority folks within your church a voice um i suppose even if we can do that within our churches and uh, invite people to come and share some testimonies of people that they find inspiring. Um, oh, I love that idea. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Little yeah. things. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little things that we could do, I suppose. So um, you've written for us a good couple of times. Uh, your <laughs> writing is great. I love reading the stuff that you write. Um, it must Thank be you. something to do with a PhD. Is <laughs> 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 it? Is good oh, stuff. Thank you. And um, so uh, you wrote for us um, about the race equality charter last year. And you concluded, and I'll read this so I don't mess it up. In summary, higher education institutions have made promising strides, but more must be done. I assert that white students and staff, white Christians and white members of society have the duty to engage in this work. So I'm a white male. 
and <laughs> that is what I am. Um, so what more can I be doing to look at sort of uplifting um, uh, BAME voices mm. and without speaking over them or instead of people you know i'm personalizing it but you know this will be for wider folks as well like what can we do just to be better humans and give people who have been historically oppressed uh, a voice within institutions and societal places okay um so first of all you're asking a great question yeah definitely start from from there um because you actually have an interest and desire in it and i think that on a heart level is actually really what will will um motivate and actually um jump start change um so i think that's actually really important and not a small thing um in the process um i think uh for me i would say i'd love to think that this all will happen organically mm-hmm. uh, naturally but i really don't think that it will unfortunately just the way that uh, our system is just shut, just set up um, historically. Um, it is a you know racist, capitalist, um, all the ist <laughs> and isms uh, society. Um, so I think we actually have to be really intentional. Um, I think it's something that um, for SCM groups and SCM just more broadly, um, but then church institutions, universities, all of it. Mm. Um, we can't just actually say, um, well, we want to want to change, and we really want more um, black and minority ethnic people. Um, to take part and engage and we have that desire that's great and okay um but actually yeah there has to be um actual action um, behind that mm. um so for me i would say uh representation is so key um it can't simply just be um you know uh the intent of well we want to have people there but you actually have to make um and, and a conscious effort uh, to think about how you can build representation um yeah, to make sure that you're not um, overlooking or overstepping on the voices of those who are black, minority, ethnic. Um, I think you want to think about shifting the dynamics of the room. So instead of thinking them, instead of thinking of, okay, we've got one or two, good, yeah. yay. <laughs> um, actually think about, well, what what would it look like if you actually had a majority? What what would yeah. that look like? Um, how would that shift uh, conversations in a room? Mm. Um, how would that shift um, things that are prioritized on an agenda, mm. for example, um, the planning of an event? Um, how would that be centered in that way? Um, I think in the conversation about uh, representation and including voices and uh, not overstepping voices, um, I think you also have to remember um, to even seek diversity, even um, just beyond race. So, um you know, definitely have black women, but also have um, black individuals who, who identify as disabled, mm. um, who identify as LGBT or queer, um, those that might identify as working class as well. So thinking about the ways um, intersectionality is another big buzzword, mm. uh, but thinking about the ways that even within uh, not just race, um, mm. how um, black minority ethnic people might identify and making sure those voices are included and centered. Um, I think when you also want to make sure that you avoid um, overstepping someone's voice, um, I think for me it comes down to uh, when uh, someone who's black, minority, ethnic, um, if they say something's racist, trust and believe it. That's a really good starting point. Um, something that I think personally, being in white spaces, um, when you as usually the only one in the room, uh, usually the only black person there, um, if you do get the courage to speak up and say, actually, I think I don't think this is a good way forward. Or actually, that incident was racist. Uh, sometimes I have definitely been met with, um, are you sure? 
Um, yeah. Maybe think about that one, or maybe it was maybe it was this, or maybe it was that. And um, you can almost feel, um, you know, there's a the term gaslighting. You can mm. almost feel like, oh, maybe I maybe I imagined it, or you start to doubt yourself, mm. and that can make you quite hesitant to want to speak up in those spaces in the future. So, um, so I definitely think um, honor those voices, listen to those voices the first time, um, trust their experience. Um, I think those can all be really good ways. Uh, to um, just, again, yeah, uplift them, but more than uplift, center uh, those voices. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're totally right. There's still a sort of institutional, and, and I don't think people would like to admit it or say it's true, but just in having an institutional racism, I mean, you can see that even within government. I mean, yeah. I think Diane Abbott yesterday, or when, I don't want to date this too much, but I recently was the first um black female to represent her party and you're like this is 2019 and you still look at the sort of uh, bench um in parliament and you still go well this is just not representative of the uk is it it's uh, and it's i suppose we're playing catch up a little bit we're still there's still gonna be people who are coming up through the ranks now who are building on the sort of shoulders of people that have come so hopefully in 20 years or so we'll have all these people that have got loads of experience in their field and you know, we're, we're just sort of, we've seen the seeds have been sown and there's there's going to be young females and mm-hmm. uh, young BAME and young queer folk that are going to be growing, growing up and coming up through the ranks and stepping into those positions of power, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, where there will be representation and like bring on those days because <laughs> at the moment it feels very much sort of white middle yeah. class male yeah. um which is you know even for me a little bit makes me feel deeply uncomfortable because i'm mm. like actually this is not representing mm. the um and british it's not representative of british society mm. yeah 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 and i think it's quite um I, I think there's so many layers to it as well because on one hand it's also um you want to include um black minority ethnic voices um but then i think there's also a little intricate balance there of making sure that um, black people don't also, or black minority ethnic people don't also feel like they need to solve um, the problems of racism either. Um, so, uh, you know, one question that's often posed is, well, how can we change and what can we do? And sometimes that can that can feel a little bit like um, the oppressor is asking the oppressed, well, what can I do to change or how can I stop oppressing you? Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and so that can be a really tricky um, balance that... Um, yeah, I, I would definitely say on that one, um, one that we all have to do some thinking about is how can we navigate that position of, um, you know, centering voices and also being really careful um, to also not put all the labor on black people to, to solve. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Like, tell us how to fix all your problems. Right. And I was like, well, be better. <laughs> okay. So, it's all, yeah, again, it, it kind of almost shifts blame, doesn't it? Mm. It means that you have to tell me what to do better rather than us sort of reflecting on our own mm. behaviors and going mm. actually it's my responsibility to mm. to change yeah you yeah. know it's yeah, uh, which is obviously quite difficult for some people um if for your whole life you've always been on the end of that in terms of going well i just ask people what they want and then they tell me what i do mm. and then i try yeah. and do that yeah 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 you're, you're expected um to receive that but yeah that can be quite a relational act um to change that really mm. yeah so, um, I mean, you're a real inspiration to me in terms of how you fit in so much of your, uh, well, I mean, you're always off on sort of different journeys doing sort of, I think recently you were at the European Union, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So yeah. you were sort of speaking to these well voices on uh, on on care, don't you? <laughs> so, so young carers and that kind of thing, that's your, 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 and so you're really doing some 
basically some big activism, some big time mm. amazing activism. And mm. I know you mentioned that that's the sort of one of the big draws of SEM. Mm. And for us as staff mm. and for mm. us as other members, we're, um, you're a great inspiration. And so um, recently you also wrote about it. You wrote mm. about um, your experiences of being a, a black activist. So um, what's some, in you know, you're, do, you're doing well, but obviously there must be tricky bits. There must be some difficulties. Would you mind just sort of sharing some details about mm. some of the things that you're struggling with, maybe, or some of the sort of struggles that you faced in this area? Mm, sure. Um, so um, for me, there's this two big, two big things um, that I mentioned in the article. I'm still for really salient for me. Um, so one of those would be um, deciding um, and just trying to navigate and consider um what is enough uh, when I think about activism? Um, what does that mean for me? Um, what can I do? Uh, what can I do more of? And, and just not really knowing um, for myself what that looks like. Because um, I think um, the desires there, um, particularly, you know, in this, um, I guess we can say polarized. I mean, I'm of the view that all of the issues that we see on the news now have been around for a long time. <laughs> and they're not new, but I'll slide Very that true, in there. <laughs> like yeah. that view in um but i do recognize you know it is something that we're talking about um with much more frequency um for um across the world uh so um so yeah so i definitely think um just for me the question of how can i do more and what does that look like and then balancing that with a uh, personal risk um so i mentioned um angela davis as someone who i really look up to as a as a hero and that's someone who you know risks so much personally um to speak mm -hmm. out um, doing the civil rights and black power movement um, in the in the 1970s, um, even to the point of being in prison, really, mm. and blacklisted and et cetera. So, um, you know, for me, I still really struggle with would I be willing to do that? Would I be sure. willing to, to get arrested and go to jail? And would I, would I want to take that on? Um, and yeah, there's a part of me that, you know, w like loves the idea of, you know, actually... Um, you have to fight for what you believe in. Mm. Uh, you have to fight for people um, who um, are also oppressed um, and in some ways can be more oppressed um, than, than my current position of privilege in so many ways that I, that I have, I do possess. Um, but then also, you know, me, I think it's that self-preservation feeling of, you know, yeah. I don't want to be harmed. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go to jail. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and but then back to the question of, Activism can mean a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. Mm. Um, you know, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're on the front lines marching somewhere. Um, you know, laying down in front of, um, you know, in front of an arms, for example. You know, it may, sure. it may, look, it may look actually quite different. Um, mm. And I think everybody has to think about um, that for themselves and um, what risk they're able to take. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, but I think those are probably the main um, things for myself in terms of activism. The question of am I doing enough? What can I do more of? Mm. And and then the own personal risk involved. Yeah. And do you think there's been, has there been in like sort of a journey of reflection in terms of your, as you're sort of growing up and sort of you learn your sort of activisty roots mm. as a teenage <laughs> major, teenager, maybe where you're feeling a bit angsty and a bit uncomfortable mm. with a situation mm -hmm. to a point where you're sort of reaching a more sort of uh, maybe a more mature version of activism where you're actually working mm -hmm. out, okay, what is, what can I do to have the greatest impact? Do you think there's mm -hmm. been a bit of a journey from like for you over the sort of couple of years? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, well, I mean, in some, I suppose in some ways, I guess it's kind of sounds like, um, you know, the work 
smarter, not harder. Like sure. how can you work more efficiently yeah. in the work that you, you know you want the change you want to see accomplished? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely think um, there have been times in my life that I've actually said, you know what, um, I need to volunteer for something. I need to step up to the plate and be in a leadership position because actually, me having a seat at that table, um, even if I might be the only one mm-hmm. um, uh, in terms of race anyway to represent, um, is important um, because yeah. I can amplify the voices of others who. Um, uh, come from my community. Um, so I think definitely for myself, it's been, um, I can't play small in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gotta go for it. Um, and yeah, I put myself out there and, but yeah, but I definitely think in so many ways, um, not just, um, about, uh, racial activism, but also, as you mentioned, my career in terms of, you know, wanting to do more policy work for, um, young carers. Um, it's remembering that I don't speak up just for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Yes, I've talked about the personal risk, but actually this isn't really about me. Um, this is about other people and trying to be um, more selfless in that regard. And I think if I can get my mindset uh, more in that way, um, that does give me more courage, um, actually. Because, yeah, it's not about me. Um, it's sure. about um, helping other people. And if you don't mind, where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that is kind of desire for uh, mm-hmm. sort of helping others and sort of going above and beyond the cause you sort of grows out of good question um yeah i definitely think faith um i'd say yeah yeah. um yeah i mean i just you know i think jesus in so many ways is like the epitome example for us of someone that cared about the oppressed and um society's um outcast Uh, so I think we have that example for, um, so I definitely think my Christian faith has been, um, a big part of that. Um, I mean, I definitely think even just from a family perspective in terms of my family background, um, you know, I've had a mother who's a nurse. So I've had people in my family who've come from helping professions and people who have really, um, valued, um, the contribution you can make on a personal level with someone and being in a relationship with someone. Um, and that's been quite um, prioritized um, in my family background. So I think all of those things kind of work together um, for me wanting to be someone that helps other people. Um, but I won't lie. I hope I can get paid to do the whole <laughs> thing that I do. Oh, sure. <laughs> Money's good too. So it's yeah. not completely altruistic. That's all a bit that sort of vocation, isn't it? Yeah. If you can get paid for the things that you're sort of passionate about, then sort of why not? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's brilliant. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. It was sort of like a, a little bit more of a personal question, but I thought it would be good today. And I was like, you know, I don't mind you. Well, hopefully she won't mind sharing. <laughs> um, so a sort of final question of the sort of lot before we close up and do a bit of admin, admin and such. Um, so SEM, obviously one of our main values is this celebration of diversity. And I think it's really important. It's one of our core core values. Um, it looks like a bunch of different things um, for us over the years. And we, there's, you know, when we talk about diversity, actually, funny enough, it is massively diverse. <laughs> but for us as SEM, how do you think we can uh, be more inclusive of black and ethnic minority voices um, as still, unfortunately, a predominantly white institution? Um, so... Yeah, I definitely would go back to the point about uh, representation and inclusion. Um, so that starts um, not just at the level of who can we ask to sit on a panel and who can we ask to speak in an event, but that actually goes down to the planning and agenda setting. Um, mm-hmm. So making sure that um, black and minority ethnic 
uh, essay members are invited to be a part of those, uh, the planning stages of mm. whatever your group may want to put on. Um, because, yeah, I think when those those voices are in the room from the very beginning, um, that in and of itself will help breed and build um, a spirit of um, diversity and inclusion. Mm. Uh, so I'd start there. Um, I'd also say uh, look out for the groups that might be on campus that you could actually um, do build connections with. So that might be an Afro-Caribbean society. That might be a gospel society. I know the University of Birmingham has one. Um, and actually recognize that you have like-minded individuals in Absolutely. those spaces. Yeah. Um, so um, I think that's something that I think I uh, recognize even in talking with my own friends um, who are black community ethnic um, that actually um, SCM is a, uh, a great organization for them to join in that like, hey, we do social justice. So you care about social justice. Come yeah. come to us too. Um, so I think, yeah, so I think recognizing um, and maybe thinking creatively about how you can maybe build more connections with um, groups that might be pre- predominantly more um, black and more ethnic. Um, how could you build connections with them mm. um, and collaborations with them um, on campus? Um, but again, I think the question, um, yeah, I think... It starts on a heart level, um, but then you can't just start with the heart. It has to be actual a- um, actual action um, behind that. Um, but I think the questions that I'm hearing from more SCM members and from the staff side of things and from trustee side sounds like it is such a priority for SCM. It's something that we're aware of, um, you know, that it is a predominantly white um, or organization. Um, and I'm really pleased um, to see that it is one recognized, but then also something that people say, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this and I want to change. Um, and yeah. so I'm really pleased to see that. So yeah. um, the starting place, the starting place is good, and I'm really mm-hmm. happy about it. Um, and of course, as we say, there's always more to do. But I think those those are small ways. I think um, having people involved in the beginning, um, thinking more collaboratively, is a mm-hmm. good way forward. Yeah, I think that's really good. Is uh, there's, I think sometimes we can sort of force ourselves down a one sort of hole of oh, we're the inclusive Christians, and therefore we kind of it mm-hmm. may. Uh, exclude a certain group of people but actually Mm. what we're trying to do is find not finding necessarily just differences but finding similarities with other groups Mm. so it could be the lbgtqi plus um sort of societies and stuff Mm. like that and we can look Mm. at joining in with them and that's a really good start and it's one i know that there's a good few societies and good few groups that do that but actually like getting involved with the gospel societies because they're Mm. wicked i mean i'm a big fan of gospel music myself i'm a drummer and i love it (laughs) I think it carries so much joy and exuberance and brilliance. Um, uh, and so I'm, I really absorb it. And so getting involved in those societies is actually such a simple way of doing it. And sometimes it could just look like little things, like actually saying, yeah, well, can we come along to your um, concert because you're doing a Christmas show or something like that? Mm. Or could, could you come and like, talk to us about, um, you know, gospel music to our group and all that kind of thing. And just doing those those little bits of almost olive branches to say, look, mm. yeah, we're on the same team. Like we believe Jesus is great and we believe mm. that people need to know Jesus. And we believe that actually what Jesus did for was making a difference in the world. Mm, so true. And yeah. let that be the thing that draws us together. Uh, just, and, and, you know, you know, SEM is, is a, a place and an organization that a lot of people have a variety of views Mm. um and thank goodness for that because it does help (laughs) us you know we don't ever want to narrow ourselves down one single path where we end up just doing one thing and then actually accidentally marginalizing people Mm. or um excluding people yeah Yeah, um 
so yeah i think that's great advice really solid advice um so there we go that's sort of all we've got time for and thank you so much for sharing thank you it's been Uh, great (laughs) yeah it's been wicked so there's those those top things there's loads and loads of stuff that we can harvest out of that conversation Mm -hmm. in terms of tips that we can use to get better as groups and as individuals things that we can do as churches and chaplaincies maybe even just looking to give voices um looking to stand up for those that uh, need their voices heard um from a whole host of different things and then um, we're just going to finish um while we have a bit of time uh, just to cover a few bits of um administration uh, for those of you that are listening um just a few events that we're going to highlight to you uh, that we've got coming up we've got um howard jesus vote coming up on the 25th to the 26th of october and that's in leeds um we'd love to see you at that if you're nearby if not well i'm sure there's another event you can get to um prepare him room is a uh, event in the lake district which is taking place on the 15th to the 17th of november now this is uh, our advent retreat so an opportunity to get ready for advent and then for the christmas season uh, just to basically be still and it sounds like it's going to be a really nice time i mean the lake district is a beautiful place so if you are free on the 15th to 16th of november it'll be great to see you there and then finally, the big one uh, that I have on here. Well, actually, I've missed another date, uh, which is the date in February, which is the February 15th. Um, that is for our 130 anniversary. Uh, that is taking place in Coventry. There are also going to be a Midlands meetup there. So if you're around from the Midlands, uh, come and gather with us, uh, which will be a really good time. But the big one, the AGM and the National Gathering is on the 6th to the 8th of March in Kidderminster. It's called Name by Name. We're going to be looking at the topic of identity. So actually quite strongly linked to what we've been chatting about in the podcast today. Um, we're going to be having uh, Kate Harford coming to speak to us. You may recognise her name from The Guilty Feminist if you've listened to that. Uh, she is a chaplain at Oxford Brookes University. She's wonderful and she's going to be uh, coming and sharing some uh, things with us. Also, John Bell is going to be joining us as well. So that's really something to look forward to, something to get to. If you haven't been to a national gathering before and you're worried about coming and you maybe uh, are on your own and you don't have a group, um, I would strongly encourage that you just take a little bit of a risk and sort of head on down. And just to, because there's so many people that come as individuals to the national gathering and they leave the national gathering feeling, hey, actually, that was really good. And I made some friends and I met some more like-minded folk and I met some people who are really passionate about this or that. Um, and it's so it's really good. So if you're concerned at any tool uh, in any way that it might not be for you, take the risk and go for it anyway and come. It would be brilliant to see you there. Um, so if you're free, book in. Just a quick one again. 25th to the 26th of October in Leeds. That's how would Jesus vote. Prepare him room. 15th to the 17th of November in the Lake District. And uh, the 130 anniversary is on the 15th of February. And Known by Name is on the 6th to the 8th of March in Kidderminster. So we love, great to see you there. So you've been listening to The Christian Student Guide, a Godcast by the Student to Christian Movement. You can follow us on Student Christian Movement, all one word, on Facebook and Instagram. Please give us a follow. And SCM underscore Britain on Twitter. Be kind, be excellent to each other, and we'll see you next time. Farewell. <laughs>